Good morning, everybody. It is 10.30 on a Tuesday, February 23rd. It's a sunny, warm day in Texas, so the freezing weather that we had last week is gone, and we are back in shorts and short sleeves, so that's nice. And today, we are studying Romans chapter 4. Chapter 3 was a transition. The first two and a half chapters was nobody's good enough. You can't earn salvation. No one is righteous. And then Paul says, but now, but now, by the grace of God, you are all made righteous through faith. But now. So, uh, and that theme continues in Romans chapter four. So thank you so much for making this part of your day. Hope you are doing well wherever you may be. Hope you are safe and warm and fed and all that stuff. And uh, so excited to go through Romans chapter 4 with you. Okay, let's jump right in. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes, What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. So, building on Romans chapter 3, where Paul has asked the question, does the idea of justification through faith, apart from works, make what God did in the Old Testament irrelevant? Well, no. Actually, not at all. This is God building on what God did in the Old Testament. This is God building on it. So Paul looks at Abraham, who was you know, the most famous of the Jewish forefathers, and says, uh, look, look at what the Bible says about Abraham's relationship with God. What does it say? It says that he saw his faith and reckoned it to him as righteousness. Now, just for a moment, to understand the place in history that Abraham had for the Jewish people of that day. Abraham was the forefather of the Jewish people, right? He was, I mean, it, it, it's hard to think about anybody in American history who like we could say compare like George Washington, but times 10, right? The ancient rabbis would say, we find that Abraham, our father, had performed the whole law before it was given. Basically, Abraham was the Jewish people before it was the Jew, before the Jewish people were a people, right? And so uh, the Bible says that Abraham was declared righteous because uh, does not say that he was declared righteous because of his works, but because of his faith. Now, God made a promise to Abraham, right? We all know the promise God made to Abraham, uh, you know, to make his descendants as numerous as the stars. And that promise was based on Abraham's faith, not his works, right? The Abrahamic covenant. And so uh, Paul's saying, well, that's, this goes back before Moses, right? You are living under the covenant that God made with Moses, right? Where God said, I will be your God and you should be my people. And here are the 10 things that I want you to do, the 10 commandments. But before Moses was Abraham. And God said to Abraham, I will be your God and I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to others. And you'll be the father of a great nation because of your faith, not because of your works. Big thing. 
big, big thing. What God does in the New Testament is the same as what God does in Genesis. All the way back at the beginning. Okay. And then, verse 4. Let's look at verse 4 again. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. If you work, your employer owes you something, right? You punch in, you punch out, or you know whatever it is. You log on, you log off. You work, your employer owes you something. So the idea of grace is opposite to the idea of works. Grace is a free gift from God. Works has to do with earning something, right? Putting someone in your debt. I go to work and abiding grace is in my debt until they pay me, right? And they always pay after I work, right? So the pay period is after. So for two weeks, I'm basically putting them in, they're in debt to me until the paycheck comes, right? That's how it works. But grace says, no, that's, that's, no, it's just a free gift. You don't earn it. You can't earn it. So here's, Here's what's important. Here's what Paul is saying. Is that if our salvation was based on works, if our salvation was ever based on works, then we would be putting God in our debt. God would be in debt to us. God would owe us. We're basically saying, you owe us salvation because we're good people. So we are marking on our ledger that you owe us something. And Paul could never see that we'd ever be in a situation where God would owe us anything, right? Everything that we have, salvation, whatever it might be, anything that has ever been given to anyone in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, after the New Testament, today is done through grace. Through grace. Because everything God does, God does through grace. Not works. We can never put God in our debt. We can never say to God, you owe us something, right? We just can't. That's what Paul would say. So, okay. Verses 9 and 10. Is this blessedness then pronounced only on the circumcised or also on the uncircumcised? We say, faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it reckoned to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. So now Paul is making another argument. Okay, so I've made the argument that Abraham's faith reckoned to him as righteousness. Now your argument is, well, people have to be circumcised to have faith. But was Abraham circumcised when God saw his faith and reckoned to him as righteousness? He was not. Abraham was counted as righteous in Genesis 15. Abraham was circumcised in Genesis 17, which biblical scholars say could be at least 14 years later. Therefore, his righteousness is not based on his circumcision, but on his faith. This, I mean, Paul is making a very sound argument Paul is making a, he's laying it out based on the Old Testament and he's laying it out in such a way that people can't deny what he's saying. This, this is deep theology, but it's at the heart of what we believe. 
I mean, this is sound theology. This is Lutheran theology. This says that we are saved by grace through faith, not because of works. And let me explain to you why we cannot base our relationship with God on works. And we are going to go all the way back to Abraham to do that. To the, the father of the Jewish people, the forefather, Abraham. God saw his faith and reckoned to him as righteousness. This is powerful. This is important. This is just as important today as it's ever been. Because we have our faith based on our, our salvation and our righteousness based on faith, not on works. Okay. Verses 13 and 14. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. Okay. So, since all of God's dealing with Abraham, and then with Abraham's son Isaac, and with Jacob, and with everyone between Abraham and Moses happened before the giving of the law to Moses, we can't say that anything that God did for any of those people was based on the law. We just can't, because they didn't have the law yet. So, what this tells us is that God's plan of redemption is centered on a relationship, trust, love, and faith, not keeping the law, not obedience to the law, because the law doesn't transform people. It just gives you a curb. It just gives you a perimeter to say, stay within this, right? Trust, love, and faith is what God is building the plan of redemption on. That's what Paul is saying. Okay. I mean, this is powerful stuff. This is stuff that we still need to hear today because as much as we love Jesus, we still want to say that I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person, right? We want to say that, you know, we're good people and because we're good people, good things are going to happen to us, right? I mean, that's... anyway, okay. Okay, verses 18 through 21. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said. So numerous shall your descendants be. So it was said in Genesis. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his old, his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about 100 years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Abraham never gave up. Abraham never stopped believing. Abraham was fully convinced that God was able to do what God had promised. Fully convinced. Fully convinced. <laughs> when we talk about faith in Jesus, about the the saving faith that we have in Jesus. It's important to say what we mean. It's important to say what we mean when we talk about faith. When we say we believe in Jesus, what we're saying is that we trust that God is able to do what God has promised. That God is able to do what God has promised for us through Jesus um, and that we will be saved. Now, 
when we say, when we talk about faith, we are not talking about, we believe in the historical events of Jesus's life. You know, we're not saying that we believe Jesus walked on water. We're not saying that we believe Jesus turned water into wine. We're not saying that we believe Jesus was born of a virgin. We're not talking about how much we liked Jesus, right? We're not saying he was a really cool person. He was a really smart person. He said a lot of things. He made a lot of people feel loved. You know, all those things. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that we thought and think he's a very good teacher. We're not saying that, you know, his Sermon on the Mount was the most important important thing humanity had ever heard. Even though all those things are true, we can believe all those things are true. When we talk about faith in Jesus, what we're saying is that we are fully convinced that God is going to keep God's promises. That's what faith in Jesus is. That's what Christian faith is, that the, the promises that Jesus has made to us of salvation, of victory over sin, death, and the devil, of the, the, the power and presence of God with us at all times. Surely I am with you always to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit descends upon us in our baptisms. That's what we're saying when we say we believe. That is what faith is. That is what the kind of faith that Abraham had, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Romans 4, verse 21. And so, in my sermon on Sunday, I talked about how important it is to trust God. To trust God. And so said, every day we should start our day with a prayer. Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. Because we see in Scripture the good things that happen for those who trust God. The strength that they're given, the comfort, the joy, the peace, the hope. Abraham had those things being fully convinced that God was able to do what God had promised. Fully convinced. Trusting in God completely and fully. And that, that is the faith that Abraham had. That is the faith that we're all called to have. Trusting that God will keep God's promises. The promises made to us through Jesus Christ. So, okay, Romans chapter 4. Next time, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 is probably, according to Martin Luther, eh, it's one of the top chapters in the Bible. Yeah, I'll say that. Romans chapter 5. You do not want to miss Romans chapter 5. It is as good as it gets. Romans chapter 5 is crazy good. It is fantastic. Theology in there is beautiful. And um, you're not going to want to miss it. So Thursday morning at 1030, we will do Romans chapter 5. And if you're joining us later on the Grace Abides podcast, we appreciate you listening. Pray that you have a wonderful day. And mark next Thursday down, next Thursday, Romans chapter 5. It is going to be great. And we'll close with a word of prayer. Lord, help us to trust you the way Abraham trusted you. Help us to be fully convinced that you are able to do the things that you have promised us. And help us to go through life trusting you and knowing that you are with us, leaning on you for strength. We pray for comfort and peace, Lord. We pray for joy. We pray for hope in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Have a great day. See you Thursday, Romans chapter 5. And oh, by the way, we're going to have midweek Lent worship tomorrow night. 
Wednesday night, 7 o'clock outside at the pavilion. Hope you can join us. Take care of yourselves. Bye.